0: Yeah, so there there is slightly conflicting literature. The the best literature now is starting to say let them sleep. Uh, the the reason why you wouldn't let somebody sleep is concern for uh, severe uh, response. So um, primarily death uh, is is really right the most severe you can get, um, and that's that's kind of the concern. And as of now, for the most part, that uh, uh, let me step back. If somebody is projectile vomiting. That means you're laying on the floor, you vomit, and it hits the ceiling. If if somebody's doing that kind of vomiting, that's a severe issue. That's a that's an intracranial bleed. Um, your your body is trying to decrease pressure in the head. So if that's an issue, um, if that's happening, it's you're gonna know it's happening. Okay, that, that's not something that it's like I wonder if you're gonna know that. Um, if that's the case, go right to the emergency room. Don't pass go. Don't collect your money. Just but go. That was not
1: happening with me nor anyone. Like and I feel like most schools, they're starting to to preach that message of, hey, let the kids sleep because at least where <laughs> I worked, um, I feel like most athletic departments are doing you know concussion awareness and that does seem to be the the growing trend of like, hey, the kids like let them sleep. You don't have to wake them up every hour and check on them.
0: Yeah. And the reason for that is a concussion really is a metabolic cascade, a, a neuro, neurotransmitter metabolic cascade. And sleep is highly important in clearing out waste products from the brain. When, when, you, actually, when you sleep, your brain actually shrinks by about 20%. And so, so that opens up pathways for, for the brain to start clearing metabolic waste products. So, so in the strength and conditioning world, you're familiar with metabolic waste, like lactic acid buildup, things like that. In the brain, it's more tau proteins, beta amyloid proteins, things like that, which are markers for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, neurodegenerative aging type things. Um, but, but when you sleep, your brain is actually able to start clearing out some of that metabolic waste. And so, so that's why... Uh, it's starting to show it's probably better to let the brain sleep and rest uh, at, at, at least in that initial 24 to 72 hour time frame in that acute time frame um, you want to rest, uh, avoid any, um, any irritating, triggering types of activities, bright light, uh, electronics, those kinds of things where, where it can really create um, a, a strain on the, the system as far as uh, trying to adapt to all the sensory input.
1: That's crazy that the brain shrinks by 20. Like, how did they study that? How was that done just in a lab? and like? Uh,
0: probably through fMRI. I'm trying, I'm, uh, I'm trying sure. to remember back. Um, I'm but I'm guessing that like, that's for
1: sure. something. I'm going to link that down in the show notes, everybody, but like, that's definitely something that I'm super interested in now.
0: Yeah. Sleep, sleep is honestly the, probably the single greatest influence in recovery and health in general. Uh, yeah. you're preaching to the converted here, especially most of our,
1: uh, our listeners being strength coaches, like now they'll at least recommend it. They might not do it for themselves. Like I'm the opposite. I'm, a, i i I preach it, and I did it um, for my athletes, and I knew how important it was for my own mental health and for my own, like, struggles with any other, you know, anxiety, depression. Um, we've had uh, another strength coach, Mike Wadango, talk about how important sleep was. Like, he was having a ton of anxiety and problems and, and called a doctor, and they were like, uh, go. like, I think he said it was take a Benadryl. Like, took a Benadryl, like, sleep it off, for, not for nothing, and then woke up in the morning and was like, I feel so much better. Like huh
0: yeah and there there's a lot of a lot of benefits in those those initial days of of allowing yourself to sleep uh, and then there's some nutritional components that they can play in as well um, that uh, I, I'm not a nutrition expert, that's not our area of expertise, but, um, but there, there is a pretty significant impact, um, again, if it's a metabolic cascade, the, the health of your metabolism, including your nutritional components, does play into that, so um, uh, uh, we, have a, we have a lot of um, focus on inflammatory diets versus in anti-inflammatory diets, um, omega-3 actually are really, really beneficial. Um, we utilize those quite a bit in, in that acute phase. Uh, vitamin D, vitamin D is a pro-hormone, not a vitamin, and it regulates over a 1,000 different genes, including a lot for muscle expression. Um, so, so there's a lot with vitamin D as well. Um, m- most of just the basic core nutrition is, uh, avoiding a lot of inflammatory seed oil, uh, like, like processed food type things um, that can create that inflammatory process as your body's trying to regulate the inflammation and you're introducing a lot of extra inflammatory markers. Um, that, that's not good. And, and there's, there's actually a really strong correlation between um, Concussions and and um, leaky gut syndrome, uh, and then and then leaky gut syndrome is also related in with leaky blood brain barrier. So so they kind of interact a lot together. So uh, so there's so there's some nutritional advice initially as well as as then yeah just rest let the brain uh, recover from the insult.
1: How important is neck strength in preventing you know these? concussions or doing any of the different training programs that you guys have because to our listeners out there i've been to their clinic um and, and have you know toured around for about an hour hour and a half talking shop with them and that's you know how this episode came out because i thought there was value for me and i wanted to share the value for everybody else so like neck strength any of the different tools and tasks that you guys had there at the clinic like just just share that stuff for, for our listeners out there too
2: yeah, so a couple of pieces on that. Um, kind of the, the number one predictive value of whether you get a concussion, like any injury, is whether you've had a previous concussion. Okay, right behind that is neck strength. Okay, and there's two components to neck strength. Is one is actually looking at the, the muscular structure. How do we increase muscular tone and um, tension and create um, a stronger neck? And then right behind or, you know, with that is then the neurological control how fast and how quickly are you able to process something coming at you, a hit coming at you, and be able to engage the, the neck musculature, right? Because it doesn't matter how strong the muscles are. If they're not actually activating and engaging, you take that hit, you take that whiplash mechanism injury, and now you have the, the concussion happening, the contrecoup injury, um, that kind of stuff. And so, yes, you absolutely want to, to work into your program, you know, strengthening the neck, strengthening the muscle, increasing muscle size, tone, all that, but then – I would say and from our standpoint more importantly is how fast can you process what's coming at you so that you can react to it you know and as joe mentioned you know the, the kind of anecdotal evidence of that college soccer player taking a hit she was able to see that react to it and properly respond to that so that she could sustain a hit like that without actually sustaining a concussion okay and that's one of the big things that we look at um is the neurovisual training, okay? So how well do you train the eyes to be able to stay focused on a target? How well do you train it to be able to track a target through space? And how well do you increase peripheral vision and then processing within that peripheral vision? Okay.
1: say that again for everybody again, the, the three real quick?
2: Yep, so it's retinal retention, being able to stay focused on your primary target, eye tracking, being able to track an object through space, and that may be with the eyes or with the eyes and the neck combined. And then the last one is increasing peripheral vision, the actual you know, peripheral vision that we can see, and then being able to process what's happening out there while being able to stay focused um, on our target. Because every time we blink, we're blind. Every time we move our eyes, we're blind. You know, so if I'm looking from target A, you know, playing soccer, I have to track the ball. Now I have to track my player or football passes coming in as a receiver, I have to track the ball coming into me. I have to also then see where the hits coming from. So you're moving your eyes. Okay? Well what happened if you can track that ball and with your peripheral vision being able to say here's where the hit's coming from Mm. and being able to brace for it. So now not only are you securing the ball, are you securing the catch, but you're also being able to brace for that hit coming so that you don't get blindsided and take that whiplash injury. So that's really where when you're talking about neck strength, yes you got to do training, you got to strengthen the muscle but more importantly, you have to train the eyes. You have to be able to see the hit coming so that you can brace for it and have the proper reaction to, to that response, you know, as, as we're talking um, in, in relation to concussion and concussion prevention. And so that's really the, the approach that we try to take is trying to in, increase or improve those three aspects of eye control so that we can avoid or be able to respond and absorb those hits without getting the whiplash and uh, the ensuing concussion that goes along with that.
1: Would you say that that's the more detrimental, worst part about it is the whiplash effect or is it just the true traumatic, Like, which is worse for lack of a better
0: term? Um, it, it depends. There's a lot of variety to that.